You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Earlier this week, Maurice Cole joined Chas Smith and I for an episode of The Grid. You know, they never they never grew up like we did in surfing with the drug culture, you know. All our kids that, that, you know, like I've got kids and grandkids now, they've seen it and experienced it, you know. And it actually, actually armed them for when crystal meth came along, you know. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, there was quite a few interests in Tilku. The first few crystal meth dealers, the, the ice dealers that came to town, were asked really nicely to leave. Yeah, <laughs> we won't go there. The Grit is available in your podcast app and on surfsplendorpodcast.com. That's episode number 35. Go get it. Quick reminder before we get into today's show that Cosmic Ray Surfboards donated a 6'9 single fin speed whistle. We'll be giving it away on March 1st. We do this as a thank you to listeners who support the podcast. The podcast will always remain free to listen, but you're welcome to donate through surfsplendorpodcast.com slash donate. Any amount entitles you to one entry in this giveaway. Some people have recurring monthly donations set up for $5 or more. That goes a long way towards making this all happen. So thank you for that. Thanks to Cosmic Ray Surfboards. Much appreciated. There are seminal moments in surf films that inspire design trends. Craig Anderson's Hypto Crypto at Kandui, John John making the finals uh, on the same exact surfboard everywhere from lowers through Europe and to pipeline. Obviously, Simon Anderson's Thruster at Bells, Maurice Cole's Reverse V for Tom Curran. Making any sort of claim like that in advance is probably a hex, but I get the suspicion that Torn Martin's footage from Jay Bay riding his 7'9 channel bottom twin fin might be such a moment. Those flashpoints happen when board design is partnered with an open-minded surfer who unlocks new lines on a wave. We've all seen Jay Bay surfed thousands of times before on dozens of different types of surfboards, but something about Torn surfing feels fresh. We always hear that J-Bay is easy to surf, but hard to surf really well. It's really the pacing of the wave that presents the challenge. Surfers get overhyped on the endless wall. There's tremendous speed available at times, and then slow, soft shoulders, often on the same exact wave. So making sections, harnessing that speed, and then using it to link maneuvers is the goal. And a surfer's ability to do it often relates to the board that they're riding. This is where Torin, on a Simon Jones-shaped Morning of the Earth surfboard, offers his refreshing perspective. His surfing is never off pace. On takeoff, he'll stand tall, nearly parallel, and almost motionless, a posture that conjures Duke headed towards the beach at Waikiki. Torin's stance is narrow, and he'll adjust his feet to a diagonal position, at times with his front foot on the left side of the stringer, and his back foot on the right side. 
He crouches, does a rail grab bottom turn, and then projects down the line. The board never defers speed, and the 7 feet and 9 inches of rail line seem to be the precise, perfect measurement to arc through turns at head-high J-Bay. From high lines to down carves, every open face adjustment seems like it's designed just to set up a bottom turn. Sometimes he's facing directly at the beach when he's doing those bottom turns. Other times he's facing down the line. But the bottom turn is always where the maximum amount of force is applied. It's where the speed is stored. It sets the tempo. It is the baseline of the track. Torin at J-Bay on his 7.9 is also kind of the spiritual through line of this 40-minute film, Thank You Mother, directed by Ishka Folkwell. The premise finds its inspiration in Albie Falzon's seminal film, Morning of the Earth. Albie has a longtime relationship with shaper Simon Jones, and Simon builds boards for Torin. The three surfers partner in this film, and Ishka crafts an abstract narrative which highlights that both life design and board design is at its fullest expression when simplicity is employed. Torin does the surfing, Simon shapes the boards, and Albie provides the spoken words. Nick Bampton's score is also worth noting, or better yet, it's worth praising. Surfing thoughtfully edited to an appropriate music track has always been one of my secret pleasures. The spit releasing someone at the exact sting of the music has always heightened the viewing experience. But in Thank You Mother, we're gifted with an even more thoughtfully curated experience. Musician Nick Bampton scored the film with note-perfect audio aesthetic that perfectly embodies the surfing and cinematography. I was lucky to catch Torn Martin and Ishka Folkwell while they toured their film on the West Coast. They are headed to Florida now, and they'll be screening the film on Friday the 15th at the Florida Surf Film Festival, and then the following day in New York City at the Union Pool. The New York tickets are available through Pilgrim Surf Supply, and then the film itself will be available online in the coming weeks. We recorded this conversation outside, so there's some ambient noise. I apologize about that. The first voice that you hear is Ishka's, and then the second one that comes in around the 10-minute mark is Torin. So without further ado, my name is David Scales. Here's my conversation with Torin Martin and Ishka Folkwell. Thanks to Neat Essentials for making this conversation happen. Enjoy. unfortunately but yeah it was cool I think I had about 400 people there and everyone was you know hooting and really stoked to be there so yeah we were were surprised but yeah really stoked was the turnout similar when you were touring in Australia and were you expecting that uh in Australia I guess the Byron Bay one you know our hometown was pretty similar we did two screenings I think I think they, what did they say, like 260 or something? So we did two sold out shows there. Um, but every, every venue was very different. We did a, a few community halls, like a surf shop, a couple cinemas. So, but it was received, you know, well at each one. But yeah, it varied a lot from venue to venue. Awesome. I'm glad to see it supported so well last night. Um, how important is it for you to? screen it on a big screen for the audience as opposed to them watching it on their computer or worse their phone 
Oh yeah, yeah, it's super important to Is us. It? Yeah, I mean, a good friend of ours, Nick Bampton, did did the whole soundtrack and we think that's you know one of the strongest parts of the film is the soundtrack so having good sound is really important to us and then yeah obviously on the big screen it's sort of you sort of immersed in it a lot more it's you know you're not getting distracted by everything around you you sort of you're there to see the film and you know I feel like on 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 the web it's it's easy to sort of, you know, you're trying to kill five minutes and then you sort of just skip through or you're not paying attention, so... Even yeah. in that five minutes, you're kind of looking at your phone off yeah. to the side oftentimes, yeah. so... What, uh, what'd you shoot it on? I shot it on a Panasonic GH5. It's just like a little mirrorless camera. Um, but, yeah, it's for, you know, for its price range, it, it's pretty pretty powerful little camera. What's your filmmaking background? Um, basically got into it more or less with Tyrone. I, I sort of started taking photos, traveling I guess, and then was taking photos of friends and everyone surfing and then, you know, the demand for film I guess was a lot higher than, than stills. So started that way and then, you know, got to do a couple little trips that were paid for to film and edit and yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess Tyrone and I have sort of like been in it from the start together and ever since we've sort of just been working together but um yeah I did a couple of years studying a few years ago which which helped a lot and studying filmmaking yeah okay. yeah um yeah it's but it's sort of just evolved naturally I guess you know over the last four or five years I guess what was the premise for this project well originally we had a totally different sort of spin on on what we wanted from it it was going to be more of a black and white like i mean not not a literal black and white but um like more of a documentary where it was going to be a bunch of interviews explaining the relationship between Torren and simon jones his shaper and also albert falzen who made morning of the earth um and basically talk about the relationship between the three of them how Torrent came to ride Simon's boards and how it influenced him and how the three of them had sort of influenced each other. Um, but when we got into the editing process, um, a good friend of ours, Ryan, who, who does Need Essentials, um, we showed him and we were sort of like umming and ahhing, like not really sure how he felt about it and then he asked us a few questions like you know what what do you guys want from the film like what you know what does it mean to you what do you guys want to say and we sort of took a step back and you know sat on that for a few days and then pretty much started from square one just did a full re-edit um and we ended up just using albie's words we we didn't use torren or simon's interviews in the film because Albie, he has a lot of profound sort of wisdom and yeah, we just thought we'd use that because, you know, we were so lucky to have him involved with the film. And When Ryan asked you that question, what was the answer that you came up with after those couple of days? Um, I think for us, like Simon and Albie are, are both role models in a way and we sort of, you know, we looked at their lives and what their sort of ideals are and I guess it came down to like, simplicity 
appreciation for you know what you got not not you know what like our idea of success was or like sort of questioned that idea of success of is it is it money is it is it you know objects or is it simplicity and being happy with what you've got and you know leading a simple life so yeah to put it in into a sentence i guess simplicity yeah um what are the realities of making a film like a surf film in these kind of modern times on one hand you have certainly john john's view from a blue moon which has a million dollar budget or more and on the other hand you've got guys who are just kind of shooting stuff working a day job going and shooting for free on their own time and dime and then just putting it out on the internet for free um where does this land on that spectrum how is it financed does anyone end up making money off of it or do you just use it as an advertisement to kind of build your profile um yeah i mean this one this is it's all like we've we've learned a lot from you know the whole process with this film because in the past it it has always been you know backed by you know whoever and basically used you know as promotion like right. might get paid a fee for you know filming and editing and then you know that sort of end of it gets released for free and people see it but um, with this one yeah we were lucky enough to have Need Essentials. You know, back it, and not only that, but let us sort of reap the benefits, I guess, in a way. So we're not going to release this one for free as a web clip. We we also feel like that can give it a feeling of you know disposability, I guess. And we want people that are watching it to you know be wanting to watch it and sort of invest a bit of time and appreciate it. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna, we'll probably release it, you know, on online platforms like iTunes and Vimeo On Demand, but we've also got physical, physical copies on USBs that come with a little book that we'll, that we'll release once we've, you know, finished touring it. Um, but yeah, like I said, this is, it's all very new for us. This, this is the first time, so we're sort of learning as we go. So how does that conversation with Need start? Do you approach them and say, we want to actually now make a film and they give you a budget? Or is it just that Torrent is being supported by Need and you collect a bunch of footage and then present it to them as a project? Um, how, how did it start, basically? I mean, Ryan's been really supportive. Raise your voice if you don't mind. Ryan's been really supportive of both Ishka and I um, in a really creative sort of way that we've had the, a lot of the creative freedom so he's given us guidance along the way um, in terms of the direction we're going but also it's just been I mean we've, I guess we had like an idea of what we wanted to do with the film um, and the trip originally stemmed from basically wanting to surf J-Bear um, being you know one of the most incredible waves right hand points out there and we'd Simon had shaped a few boards and, and Simon hadn't left the country in over 20 years so um, it was quite special to, to do a trip with him and and his son Dash came to and he hadn't had a passport before so it was um, I don't know we're quite close friends with Simon and Albie and it's 
know, to have that experience, to go away with Simon on a, on a trip like that, I mean, that's where it all started, and it, it sort of led to to the connection between Albie um, and meeting him, and I think it all, you know, we wanted to go to South Africa and surf that wave, and then it sort of led down this, like, beautiful sort of trail, and um, spending, you know, a lot more time with Simon and Albie, and, and one thing led to another, so it, it uh, yeah, the, the film itself, it sort of, I don't know, made, it, made its own path in a way. Oh, um, uh, is it all shot in South Africa? And is it all shot at J-Bay? Yeah, the film, the majority of the film is shot in South Africa um, at Desert Point, uh, as well as Desert Point. Um, the footage in South Africa is riding four different boards over sort of three weeks or so, and three or four different swells. And then a little bit of Desert Point and sort of, I guess, a bit of a bonus section that we've, we've put at the end. Um, With a different board? Riding a different board, yeah. So it's, I mean, the, the message like Albie, uh, like Ishka said, of Albie's words throughout the film, they really sort of, they're the, they're the backbone of it. His words are quite profound, um, as well as his outlook and, on life. And we'd originally, like Ishka mentioned, began to tell the, the story of the connection between Albie and, and Simon and Simon and I in a much more literal sense. And it sort of went, We'd spend some time with Albie down at his place in Crescent Head, and and his words were just so profound and resonated with us um, as he sort of reflected on the life that he's he's lived and you know what's important to him and um, you know those words of his we thought were you know really important to share um, and and to share his message you know. It was quite special. I haven't seen or heard from Albie in a, quite a long time. Maybe he's more um, accessible in Australia and promoted in their media. But why do you think he wanted to work with you guys? Well, basically, Simon Jones, who he shapes Morning of the Earth surfboards, him and Albie have a close relationship. So obviously he had to approach Albie to sort of carry on that name, Morning of the Earth, through his surfboards, and that's, yeah, that's, you know, they've been friends for years, and and we we hadn't met Albie prior, but, you know, it was through Simon who he introduced us, and I think, you know, if it wasn't for him, most likely he, he you know, he may, he may not have been open to the idea. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we went down to his house, and yeah, basically just set up the cameras, had a conversation with him. And yeah, that's like, you know, the narration that's through the film, it, it's so it's so profound in a way that you would, uh, some people might think it's scripted, but mm. it's literally just sitting down, having a conversation, and he just rattles off these like sentences and you're like, whoa, <laughs> where'd right. that come from? Yeah. Right. So yeah, Simon was connected the dots there. All those interviews, the ones with Simon, the ones with Torin, will those ever get released? Um, at this stage, we don't have plans for them, but we'll obviously hold on to them. And yeah. I'm sure down the track, you know, they'll. I'm sure they'll have their use. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. You know, we weren't we weren't bummed with the first edit, no, but of it course. just didn't have that same sort of soul that we feel this one has. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask Torin, um, 
tell me about those four boards that you're writing at J-Bay. We get deep into board discussion on the podcast, so don't be afraid to <laughs> give me detail. <laughs> um, they're, they're unusual in the footage that I've seen. Yeah, so a bit around the same time, maybe a little earlier, I got introduced to this 7-9, this which um, at the time was all my boards were starting to get shorter and shorter and Simon had shaped a, a friend of his this 7-9 to take down to South South Australia and he di- didn't end up riding it and it had sort of come back and I don't know I, I ended up getting my hands on it somehow and at that stage it was the most refreshing new feeling I'd, I'd ever felt in mm-hmm. surfing and it, it totally changed my perspective and I was just gravitated towards it and I, I couldn't you know I, I sort of couldn't ride anything else um, and so we obviously took that over to over to South Africa and we, we had a, like a handful of boards you know but um, that one in particular was quite a lot different to anything that I'd ridden before so can you explain the design it's so the boards seven foot nine long um, it's a channel bottom rounded pin uh, twin fin it we haven't ever really i mean i haven't kept too much in the loop with the dimensions and um, like volume of my boards at all um, they've all sort of been based on feeling and um in that sort of sense so i can't get too technical on the specs because i don't know them sure <laughs> but it that was the longest board that i took for sure um, it's in, I've, assuming that's the one that I've seen in some of that footage for the previews, um, your foot placement is unusual on it. You know, it's not perpendicular to the stringer, and it's certainly not parallel, but they're kind of, and they're close together, kind of like at a diagonal from the stringer. Yeah, it's funny that, I mean, I don't really have two boards the same, um, and they're from sort of five four to seven nine and, and each board that I ride I find I surf different differently and they attract a different sort of obviously different waves and um, a different sort of approach to those waves so yeah it's funny I look at it too and when Ishka and I look back at footage I notice that as well like we look back and go oh like how's my sort of stance there or the approach sort of took on that it's all um I mean, I'm learning along the way, and mm-hmm. it's exciting. Like, a, I love riding a new board or something foreign, you know, and that feeling. Um, but yeah, they they're all they're all quite unique in this this sense, and so are waves. You know, there's not two waves the same. So. And that's not um, you, in regard to your foot placement. You don't think about that when you're riding the wave. No, not so much. I mean. I definitely move around a lot more on the okay. the longer boards, those yeah. mid-lengths. Um, I like to sort of move my weight around, and I definitely prefer them on my forehand than my backhand. Um, but, yeah, the foot placement thing, it, it's funny-ish because a lot of that footage in South Africa, or, or quite a bit of it, was shot um, quite tight. And I really enjoy watching a couple of things. I like watching... The, the way my feet sort of move on the boards and also the way the water displaces off the boards I find it really interesting you can you can sort of every time we sort of look back at the footage or watch the film I'll look at something different throughout you know like whether it's the feet or the boards or you know the water and it um yeah it intrigues me to uh, sort of yeah 
I, I agree. The super tight shots that actually don't even have your entire body and board in the frame are the most compelling, probably. Yeah. Especially slowed down, just to be able to see all that stuff. Um, I want to back up a little bit. You popped into my awareness, Torin, um, probably two or three years ago. And what was the breakthrough for you? Was that kind of when you personally felt that the world knew who you were or did you grow up contest surfing and there was a following in Australia what um, was there a breakthrough moment that you remember I don't know if it was a breakthrough moment but I I definitely defi uh, definitely um, over the past few years uh, like being introduced to Simon and and his boards being quite different to what I was riding before it, it gave me a, a new refreshing feeling something that I hadn't felt in surfing before um, it, it sort of came at a time where I, I probably felt like I needed something like I never wanted to be a pro surfer and you know early days it started off doing board riders and um, you know with your mates and, and you do the regional classics and the state things and you, you cruise around together and it's all um, you know, about friendship and, and hanging out and that's you know that, that's great and I sort of would spend quite a lot of time in Indo over the years. Okay. Um, it was always a bit of a second home. I, my mum and my grandma would always, for the past sort of 40, 30, 40 years, had done business over there and um, would go there to buy and, and take me along and it sort of felt like a home and it, it is quite close to Australia. So when I had sort of left school, um, you know, we'd go there every year, sort of growing up. And when I left, I'd, I'd save, save my pennies and go over there and hang for a couple of months. And, um, you know, I feel like I like surfing good waves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like everyone, you know. But it, it, spending time in good waves, and especially on um, boards that deserve good waves, where they're not so much thrashing around, I feel that, I guess, the most comfortable. Yeah. Um, so, and then that introdu introduction to Simon's boards, yeah, came at a stage where I was uh, sort of, I didn't, wasn't really conscious that I was looking for something new. It just sort of happened and one thing sort of led to another. And I think the board design um, and the, the path, the timeline that it's gone, like gone down, it's, you know, recently we've sort of, I did a little thing with Surfer Magazine, um, like a, a a board clip, I think they called it Quivers, uh, and that really sort of laid it out in front of me, literally, like had all the boards laid out and, and made me sort of see the whole timeline of it all and it was an interesting, you know, it was a, it was a cool conversation to have and it made me sort of, you know, see it a, a little clearer too. Yeah. But I think that two or three years ago that I'm talking about, I think it was the Surf Stitch series that you were doing? Yeah. Were, were, was that your project, Ishka? Um, maybe. I think, wasn't it like um, a number of clips over the course of like three months or oh, something? Oh, yeah, lost track. Yeah, so... Lost track? That was 2016. That's right. Um, okay. Ishka and I spent three months driving around Australia. That's and, right. And we released uh, the journey in sort of by state or, you know, in chapters. And we did an overarching sort of feature-length film of the, of the journey, um, and that was yeah at the time that I was being supported by Surf Stitch. Right. So that yeah that fell into their lap, but it was I mean that that trip itself was incredible. I'd, 
he was I mean I did that trip with my mum and um, old man like earlier I think I was around seven or eight we'd spent a couple of years driving around Australia so it was um, I don't know it was pretty cool to relive it yeah with Ishka and and we went to a lot of the same places and, and saw some incredible waves and it was actually in Airlie Beach, Broome, um, which is like right up the top of north western Australia uh, that I learned how to surf. Oh, okay. Max and uh, we dragged this old brother, six six brothers Nelson around for a year and a half on the roof and it was locked down by these rusty chains and really? we ended up having to get the WD-40 out and, and yeah, ended up busting it off the roof and surfed at Ellie Beach. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was special, so it was nice to get back there. I feel like since Tom Curran kind of ditched the tour and went on the search, you know, back in the 90s, um, we've had pro contest surfers and we've had pro free surfers, but even the most visible pro free surfers had stickers on their boards. Um, You don't? You know, so you're a professional free surfer traveling around the world. And I know Josh Kerr was talking about that recently, too. Like, all the deals he does now, it's like, he's not going to put stickers on his board. He's going to rep yeah. the brand, but post their, inst- their tag them on Instagram and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. But um, how do the economics work for you? What do the relationships look like with your the people that support you? What do they expect of you? So, obviously, you know, Simon's boards are... I see them as pieces of art. They're, they're a beauty in themselves, and it's yeah. He doesn't put his logos and anything on them. Um, well, he, you know, he he does have his um, for a few, the Morning of the Earth, but um, and the relationship that I have with Ryan and Need Essentials, um, the the whole message is obviously about less branding, um, less consuming, sort of not put in you know put it in your face um which sits really well with me as well i'm not a i don't like you know, over consuming and you know blatant marketing and yeah um so i think you know in terms of that it's yeah i'm, I'm not forced to do anything and i don't i would let myself um be sort of forced to do anything um so I'm really fortunate that I do have a relationship like that with with Need Essentials and and they're really supportive of what we do. And, um, yeah. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn jobs. Your time and capital are precious and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. 
linkedinjobs.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. So what do they expect from you then, I guess, is, is the question, because it, it was very... Um, linear with other brands it's like hey we will give you x number of dollars and this much whatever and you give us this amount of exposure without the element of like the very overt branding what do they expect uh basically i mean the conversation has been that you know ryan is has become a, a, a close friend of ours and um him being supportive of both ishka and i and giving us a lot of creative control over what we do um surfing and, and filmmaking and you know there's no formal written contracts and, and all that jazz it's basically you know keep sort of you know we'll, we'll come up with an idea of something to do and he'll he'll back it yeah it's not so formal but it, sure. you know we're on a, a really similar wavelength he's not partnership to push anything so yeah it's cool to be able to communicate on that sort of level and, and have that you know reciprocated and, but the interesting thing is that media is changing so a magazine cover isn't doesn't mean as much to a brand as it once did um i'm also wondering if an edit on the internet even means as much as it once did you know so what is what is the currency nowadays Uh, (laughs) like where do you guys find value i feel like i mean for myself if i walked into a shop i I walk in there sort of because I'm interested in something already when someone tries to sell me something I'll, I'm out of there like I, I don't like being sold anything so and I think with you know the platform that social media and the internet has these days that people can see what they want to see you know it gives there's a lot of um, reach out there for a, a brand's perspective but also for a viewer or you know they they can filter out what they want and don't want um, I don't you know, believe in just in-your-face advertising and people see through that a lot too. If, yeah. if something is a good product, then they'll you know, be interested sort of thing. I'm not saying that we're, we're a good product, but sure. you, you attract... Um, uh, you, you, there's yeah, the reach out there that if someone wants something, they can, they can find it. Yeah, um, everybody's curating their own experience anyways. Yeah, yeah I, I suppose so. It's interesting. Um, so if the vehicle is kind of social media, do you have any um, actual outline for that? Do you have an objective? Do you try to get a clip up every week or every so often? Or uh, not, not at all. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely don't want to let, wouldn't let that sort of dictate you know what we do and how we do it um the whole idea between you know and especially this film of ours was to you know create content that has longevity things these days you know just are so disposable um that you see it in 
in fashion and and web content and everything and i guess you know there is a place for it for the right people but for us um you know it's about creating something of quality that has a bit of heart and and can live on longer than a you know however long you know yeah so um and that's what's really been special about this this latest film is a you know a good friend of ours did the soundtrack to it um we obviously we made it together um we've writing simon's boards and albie's wisdom it, it, they're all qualities that sit really close to us and something that we don't just throw away yeah. so to be able to carry that and, and share it is you know quite special yeah and i agree i'm glad to hear that you guys are charging for it i didn't know what the rollout was but i'm glad to hear that you're charging for it because i do feel like if somebody pays for it they will then watch it more than once and they will keep it around just because they paid for it even if they liked the film equally as one they got for free they'll still watch yours a second time you know there's definitely a time and a place for you know web clips and, and things like that yeah of course sure. yeah yeah but yeah it's nice to give, make a bit of heart as well um what do you do other than surf what are your hobbies do you yeah, have hobbies. yeah <laughs> um, or do you just surf I don't really surf that much. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm glad to hear that because I'm surfing less and less nowadays too, and I feel guilty. Well, I'm content not surfing. Like I like surfing good waves. And yeah, exactly. So does everyone, I guess. But yeah. I mean, on the yeah, on a scale, I guess I surf quite a bit. But I, I'm, you know, I, I can happily not surf for a week or two, and I always feel like something's a little out of whack, and I'll get back in the ocean and be like, oh yeah, like, that's that was it. But so what do you do with that downtime? Um, of late, I've, I've, in the last sort of six months, I've picked up the guitar, which has been something quite sort of been lingering there in the corner that I've, I've never really, um, you know, always been around and had friends that play and stuff. So that's, you know, been a, a little bit of a, dragged a bit of my attention towards that. And it's something, you know, I've definitely try and, you know, put more energy into doing that than spending on the computer or a phone or, mm -hmm. or stuff you know it's it's um yeah and I, you know when I'm at home um so, you know I am traveling quite a bit I, I like to spend time with my grandma she's uh always been a really had a close role in my life so um and she's getting getting on so it's yeah it's nice to spend time with her and yeah, and, and friends. And you said she and your mom had a business, have a business. What what business are they in? Um, so, well, my mom makes pearl jewelry. Oh, okay. And used to sell sort of secondhand clothes at markets and silk shawls and scarves. And my grandma had a has you know always had sort of fancy wear and secondhand clothes. And she used to have a shop in Lismore, which is a half an hour, forty five minutes out of Byron. And you know they're, they're both sort of had these little independent sort of little, little stores and, and you know make ends meet. Yeah. Um, for them and, and created a life around doing that, which has been travelling. You know, and, and, um, and that sort of sense. So. Cool. <laughs> yeah, they've um, they've had a big role in my life. And, yeah. Well, the reason I asked what you do other than surf, well, maybe it's obvious, but um, is I don't I feel like nobody knows anything about you you know like and like when I'm on Instagram and I see Slater 
or whoever I'm following and they're posting stories of their mundane everyday life, that's actually more interesting to me as a fan and a viewer yeah. than seeing him at Pipeline or something. Yeah, you know? yeah it's nice to, I guess, get a, a bit of a, you know, bit of character and, and you get to know a, a person a little deeper. Um, it's relatable. Know, yeah, relatable, exactly. And we're all, you know, we're all on one level. Yeah. We're all the same people, you know, we share similar hobbies and stuff. So I, I see what you're saying. I think it's interesting that, um, yeah, I live just a normal life like you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like surfing and um, I used to paint quite a lot. I went through a stage of that. Um, but yeah, reading playing guitar a little yeah. um, and I really enjoy my own sort of space and time like I can sit quite contently and you know do nothing yeah. <laughs> and and be stoked I mean I don't I have a pretty small little space that I live in in the caravan I, I don't have TV I don't really watch much TV at all and, um, no internet phone signal really comes and goes with the wind but um yeah, I mean, we live in a really beautiful place, Byron Bay, um, obviously surrounded by beautiful beaches and waterholes and, you know, it's it's a, yeah, a good area, you know, it's a nice clear mind and um, obviously growing up there, got a lot of close friends um, that I went to school with and it's nice to spend time with them too. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, it's all it's all a balance with whatever you, uh, you're doing. Yeah. You know, and they do one thing so much. So. What surf media do you follow nowadays? Where do you get all your surf info and information? Uh, don't really... I mean, you know, the magazines and, and stuff, um, I don't really see myself as, I guess, much of a, a surf turkey. I'm not too in the loop with, um, you know what's hot and what's not um, do you, you say the magazines which magazines so and do you actually like subscribe so, um i'm not subscribed i used to be sub subscribed to tracks magazine and um surfer magazine um i wasn't subscribed to them but they're, they're someone that i follow um and obviously you know there's surfer white horse tracks stab magazine um surfing life surfing world you know they have all sort of bases covered in, in the surfing world so you get your fix um, you know through them or at least you're sort of kept in the loop with, with what's happening I think everything these days is you know especially those those massive swells the, the, the big wave guys are chasing around that, you know someone will catch a wave 15 minutes ago and it'll be live for everyone to see you know st straight away just about so there's no real I don't think anything's <laughs> anything's really going un unshared these days. No, definitely um, not. Which is, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a different thing. Times are changing. So. Um, who's surfing? Are you really excited to watch nowadays? Is there anybody where if you're scrolling Instagram and their clip pops up, you'll always stop and watch? Um, Bryce Young's a surfer that the way that he rides all all kinds of boards. Um, He's one of the most talented surfers in my eyes. Um, obviously, Dave Rastovich and the, the way that he can surf just about anything. Um, and his whole approach is, is quite inspiring. Um, 
Brian Birch has got a really unique approach on his forehand, especially. I, I really enjoyed watching some clips of his. Um, I also get really blown away by uh, all the high performance surfing that's happening these days. Like, really? I think the level of it is absolutely in- incredible. It's like so unrelatable to me to see the things that they're doing and the consistency and, and things that they do under pressure. I, I enjoy watching it. I think yeah. it's um, absolutely wild. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like watching good waves. I like watching, you know, people surfing in good waves and, and waves on their own. So, you know, if there's a, a contest or something on and it's a Jopu or, or Pipeline or somewhere, you know, and the waves are good, I, I really like to watch it. Um, yeah. Is there anybody, I know you're riding probably exclusively Simon's boards, but is there anybody's boards that you see that you'd be interested in kind of getting on and experimenting with? Uh, I don't know. Si- I feel, you know, the boards that Simon makes are, are, are so unique. I've never really seen anything similar. Um, there, there are a lot of boards that I, I do see that I'm intrigued by, and, you know, I feel like a lot of those sort of, I guess... 70s inspired outlines and uh, you know those more sort of simple boards are you know there's a real beauty and an art in them and I, and the hand shape inside of things is something that I really respect and um, you know, appreciate a good looking board when I see one um, it's yeah it's, you know you can sort of see, see a good looking board from from a mile away and yeah. it's always interesting to check it out and see what people are doing uh, with them so. has Simon's business uh, increased at all as your profile has grown um, I think sort of yeah naturally there's been a, um, you know Simon's a, a one man band he, he shapes in his little shed on the bottom of the property um, and his whole goal was never to grow small so he he shapes and, and glasses and everything himself and um, he, he definitely is he does seem to be a bit busier um, I was thinking it'd be so <laughs> noticeable because he is so small that yeah you know, an extra 10 boards would be a huge difference yeah yeah, yeah. and he's um he's, he's never doing it to sell out or you know over produce so it's um he, yeah he, he's been He's busy. Good. Good. <laughs> and the other thing is, the other thing is, that, like you said repeatedly, the boards are so unique that it's kind of like if somebody sees you ride them, they can't exactly go to their local shaper and be like, "Hey, replicate that," you know. So I would think it, it would be a good arrangement for him. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Closing question for Ishka is just. Um, I know you guys are still touring the film and you've got to release it to the public eventually, but what's next? You got anything on the horizon? Yeah, yeah, we got a couple of, yeah, got a couple of projects that um, we sort of need to wrap up, I guess. We did, we did three months in New Zealand on motorbikes, which was sort of a follow-up to the trip we did around Australia, so we're, we're going to call that on Lost Track as well. and basically try continue that as a series you know different different countries and continents on different modes of transport but um yeah we've you know we're pretty deep into the editing process with that one um 
so yeah we've got to wrap wrap that up hopefully in the next you know couple of months and then we also did a trip to Iceland um, in November and Laurie Towner came along on that one too so did yeah score? score waves um yeah it was fun we got yeah one day in particular that was like you know I don't think any of us really realized quite how how good the waves could could get but it's extremely hard to like be in the right place at the right time which we sort of figured out pretty quickly um other than that um yeah we're looking to do the third lost track or start filming that probably towards the end of the year do you have a location scouted um either like you know scotland Ireland to you know down morocco west sahara sort of way or or alaska to mexico you know that one of those two probably yeah wow yeah awesome where do you have a plan for rolling all that stuff out is it going to be again released on itunes and all that yeah i'd say so i mean nothing's locked in We're, we're open to whatever you know happens and we'll see but um yeah it'd be, it'd be nice to get you know someone to distribute it maybe um you know with with this one thank you mother we want to keep it pretty close to us we don't want to you know we because the message of the film sure we don't want to sort of sell out in the way of like palming it off to someone else we sort of want to keep it pretty close but you know we've lost track we're a little more open to distribution and everything and the fact that it's like serialized makes sense yeah. for distribution yeah exactly um awesome where can i know do you have a release date for thank you mother for the internet a lot of people have been asking me people yeah. who couldn't make it to the screenings uh we don't have a specific date but we basically figured once we've wrapped up the tour in the states we'll probably yeah have a have a for sale online um so within a couple of weeks maybe yep, pretty much okay yeah and yeah so we've got a website sort of set up for the film which is thankyoumotherfilm.com so that sort of has all the information and and everything uh, everything will be up there and i'll keep people posted too yeah on okay. the podcast so thank you. right on dudes thank you so much thank appreciate you. it thank yeah. you yeah thank you you're welcome yeah. Again, huge thanks to Torin and Ishka and to Need Essentials for making this all happen. You can see Thank You Mother uh, in the next couple of weeks. It'll be online and available to purchase. I will definitely mention that when that happens and link to it on social media, which you can find at Surf Splendor. Make sure to share the show with friends. That's how we continue growing this show. And uh, we really appreciate you doing that. And then, of course, you can support financially at surfsplendorpodcast.com slash donate and get in on winning that Cosmic Ray surfboard. I've got photos of it on the website and, of course, on social media as well. So thanks. We appreciate it. This is, of course, David Scales for Surf Splendor with Nick Bampton providing the music bed. Get back into the ocean, share some waves, and shred on. Shred on.